Here's three great reasons to get the new Samsung Galaxy S21 5G at T-Mobile. One, it's free for both current and new customers when you trade in an eligible device. Two, T-Mobile's the leader in 5G coverage. So three, you can unleash 5G speeds in more places with your new phone. Get the new Galaxy S21 free at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G coverage. Phone via 24-monthly bill credits plus tax. If you cancel credit, stop and balance on required finance agreement may be due. Contact us. Qualifying credit and consumer plan required. See details at T-Mobile.com. You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to episode 52 of Kaiju Curry House, where we take everyone's favorite monster genre and talk about it. I am your host, Joe, and tonight I'm joined by regular co-hosts, Alex and Paul. Guys, how are you doing tonight? Splendid. How are you doing? Just fine. I'm glad that you spoke this time. <laughs> <laughs> now it's good to have the three of us on together for a change. It's, um, it's a nice change of pace. Oh. Joe, what have Kaiju been up to? Oh, I've been up to loads, Alex. To be fair, I've been trying to indoctrinate a new generation into kaiju fandom. And I decided to try it with a rather wholesome film this time. Um, I'm not sure if it came necessarily across the pond, but there is a film called Magic in the Water. It didn't get great reviews in the United States, but, you know, I really enjoyed it. And what essentially it is, is it's about a lake monster and there's kind of a Native American mythos about it where it can possess people. It's kind of like a spirit creature. So um, once it possesses you, it kind of leaves you in more of like a childlike frame of mind. Not necessarily, you know, like a childlike responsibilities frame of mind, but more like just that joy for life, that zest for playing, you know, like going outside and stuff. But it leaves you with that. But it's... uh, kind of an interesting movie because the reason that it's inhabiting people is because it's trying to say that it's in distress and you find out through the course of the movie that people have been dumping toxic waste in this lake. And it's neat because it's also got a female-centric character. The characters, call her 10, 11 years worth of age. And the way that she bonds with this monster, she gives it Oreos. So I got a pack of Oreos, this DVD, which I found on Amazon UK for like three pound. And we watched it with the kids and we generally had a great time. I told them as soon as the monster got an Oreo, they could start on the Oreos. So everybody sat and watched it. It was great. But didn't get great reviews when it came out, but I really enjoyed it as a film. And it's got pretty nice special effects to be fair it has really good practical effects so i give it a hearty recommend but yeah that's probably the most kaiju centric thing that i've been up to i am also going to subject somebody to an american werewolf in london once i can get my hands on the arrow video release cool so yeah is that due release Oh, yeah. Arrow released an American Werewolf in London. Um, a while back, I put the box art up in our Facebook group. It's got amazing box art. There's a super uber special edition that comes with like uh, cards, a poster, all this stuff. It's Blu-ray. That's like 33 quid. But the one that I'm after, honestly, is just the movie. Um, 
I mean, like, it, it's kind of a scary movie for me to have that poster up, out and about when I have a six-year-old yeah, parade around sure. my home. Yeah. So, I mean, just like the slaughtered lamb that's in the background. Anyway, like, mm. Charlotte would be like, oh, daddy. Mm. So, anyway, uh, yeah, the regular one is about 14 quid. That's on Amazon UK. Easy enough to find. But, um, yeah, it, it's a really good movie. And they haven't seen it yet. So, there we are. Perfect. Paul, what have Kaiju been up to? I have, for once, been up to a fair bit of Kaiju stuff this week, or weeks, ever, ever since we last recorded. So, last episode I mentioned I was playing a game called Devil May Cry 5. I've now completed that. I know it's not strictly Kaiju, it's The more... devil cries a lot if he's on his fifth one. <laughs> what really is this about... game about? What is this game about? Um, the game is about, basically, demon hunters. And uh, it's sibling rivalry between these two brothers who are like also half demon. But the premise of the game is kill demons. It's basically supernatural, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's, it's not quite that. They're a lot cooler than the guys in Supernatural. Ooh, <laughs> so, Sorry, all the Salmon Dean fans out there. Yeah, seriously. Um, no, I do love that show. But um, Devil May Cry is slightly... Um, it's all about being stylish. And the best, you know, how you can kill a, di- a demon in the best possible way. So the story, you know, you probably won't care about, but you do get to see some cool looking demons and you get to kill them with, you know, swords, big swords, guns, big guns. And you do it in a nice, cool, uh, like you get to hit them, up in the, hit them up in the air with a sword and then keep them up in the air while shooting a dual pistol. It looks very, very cool. And there's some cool um, creatures in it. So... Yeah, the, jo- the genre for that that I learned, it's called a, um, a spect- spectacled shooter. Oh, really? oh, there's actually a term for that genre, is there? Yeah, it's called a spectacled, a spectacled shooter because it is a spectacle to watch. And games that fall under that uh, category would be Devil May Cry and then Bayonetta. So it's oh, okay. kind of backflips with dual pistols and kind of yes. landing on the head of an enemy and like sort of carving down the middle of it and totally over the top, but very, very pretty. But it's very, yeah, it's very satisfying. And, yeah. um, and yeah, then you get, you get points for kind of how stylistic the, the battle was. Okay. So I think it and Vanquish is probably in that as well, because I love that game. All right. So Sorry, like, I, topic there. Completely. Yeah, no worries. No worries. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw in like what little like demonic, you know, goodness that I have. So would these guys be able to beat Devil Man? I love Devil Man. Um, Everybody loves Devil Man. If yeah. you haven't watched Devil Man, you need to watch Devil Man. Oh uh, yeah, that's one of the few animes that I've watched uh, growing up and yeah, loved it. I haven't watched the Crybaby series on Netflix, but That's pretty good. I yeah. liked it. Yeah. Okay. It's in my watch list, I just haven't got round to it yet. Yeah, not a kid friendly show, but you know. Oh no, it's fine. <laughs> it wasn't gonna I'm, be with name like <laughs> Devil Man. <laughs> Maybe they can do a crossover, Devil Man versus Devil May Cry. Who knows? But that's not the only thing. Um, I've also been reading Kaiju Max. Oh. oh, how'd you like it? Yeah, that's so good. It is so good. It, it, it it's is amazing. really good. It's got so many in-jokes for our fandom. It's that's ridiculous. It. It's, like I'm, it's like I'm reading this drama about being in a prison, but obviously they're all Kaiju, and there's so many pop culture references in it. It's, it's so I'm, good. I'm, I'm on about episode... episode I guess... Uh, number four of, of the books in hmm. season one. I don't know how many there are. It's probably what, it's a six or seven book series, maybe. I don't honestly remember. No, it I looks like I'm about halfway so through sorry. at the moment. But you're enjoying but, uh, that? Oh, yeah, I really am enjoying it. 
really good. It's so good. It's, it's yeah. The writing, the writing is so well done. Absolutely. It, it's um, just like the whole backstory, the island, just like the universe building. It's perfect. If you are a kaiju fan, you need to read Kaiju Max. Yeah, I mean, Definitely. it's like, absolutely fantastic. I love how they've got all the different gangs. So you've got the Zillas and the Mechs, and you know, it's just yeah, it is so yeah. well done. It really is, and I'm. I don't know. I can't wait to see more of the story and um, and finish the book. So, and I think absolutely. on that note, it's only fair to give a shout out to the writer and illustrator who's uh, Xander Cannon, who we had yes. on as a guest um, a couple of months ago. Yeah, cool dude. Yeah, it was Re- really and, cool dude. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just such a good comic. Like you, yeah. like every single page. You're like, hey, I know that reference. I know that <laughs> one. Yeah. Oh wow. I, I know where that came from. It's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and I mean, it's only like five pounds on Amazon. It's you know, yeah. it's cheap not, as chips. It's, yeah. it's not well worth it. Yeah, just just do it. Yeah, seriously, like treat yeah. yourself. Treat, treat yourself to that. Yeah. Um, also, while um, the kids were Whoa, playing, more from the Paul. Yeah, there's more. Whoa. But wait, but there's, wait more. there's more. <laughs> Which Assassin's Creed game did you play? <laughs> <laughs> well, I am waiting for that. Um, is it Valhalla, the new one, the Viking one? Oh, I was but, joking. Um, yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, I watched Godzilla's Revenge. Oh, I have oh. never seen it. <laughs> it. You know, it's on the Criterion Collection. You haven't seen it. Do you know there are you own two, it now? there are two shower films that I've never seen, and it's uh, Raids Again and oh. um, Godzilla's Revenge. I've never seen either of those two. Okay, you need to watch Godzilla's Revenge with, with your daughter, Alex. Okay. That's the only way you're going to do it. I mean, like this is like the one Godzilla movie that is like meant to like watch oh. with kids. Mm. It's Home Alone meets Godzilla. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but it's not dubbed. It's only subtitles on the Criterion exactly. release, which that, does make it difficult. That's the restriction. No. Yes. I, mean, like, I haven't done it because like it's not my favorite, really. And I'm sure a lot of people will agree. But I didn't know that Criterion did that. Shame yeah. on you guys. But if Come you remember on. when we had Arrow on, that was one of the things that um, Matt was talking about, kind of the confusion over, you know, why weren't all of the dubs released? Because there's a lot of films in that shower collection that just don't have a dub. So in terms of the films that are played for Emma and Angus, it's been strictly the ones that are dubbed. Yeah, and that makes sense. Wow. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, neither of my boys could read the subtitles, so they were just going by what was happening on the screen. And my eldest was most things? interested... Sorry? Well, the things, yeah, so my eldest was interested in the kid, you know, being kidnapped by the guys and, you know, going against the bullies, while the youngest was much more interested in Godzilla fighting the creatures. And all I could say is... I, I don't know if, if I, when I last watched this, but I couldn't believe how much stock footage was in this film. There's a lot of stock footage. It from was unbelievable it is, amount. That's I thought, oh, is. I'm watching Ebrah of the Deep again and Son of Godzilla again, and that's it. And, you know, I, I obviously didn't think of it then, but it really bugs me now. Um, Manila, or whatever, is yeah. the same size the as the kid. The Abomination. Yeah, yeah the, the, the Abomination goes up to the kid, and he's the same size. But then he goes I mean, over like, to his I'm dad, really Godzilla. I'm really sad that you didn't get to see the dub. And if Alex like had seen the dub, you'd know. But like the voice that they gave that thing, which is quote unquote the son of Godzilla, aka Vanilla, <laughs> aka Minya. I mean, like he's supposed to be like the kid's friend and all of this. And the voice that they gave him in the American dub was, "Hi everybody! Oh no! Oh my goodness!" Gumbara's really scary. And you're just sitting there, 
right? That's it. He talks. This is what this is what this series has descended into. Yes, he does talk. He's bad enough when he doesn't talk. And now he talks. Follow up from um, Destroy All Monsters, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, shocking, really. It's yeah, I. I mean, the kids enjoyed it, and I watched it. It makes me hungry for beef teriyaki every time I watch it. What's that? Beef teriyaki? You've never had beef teriyaki? No. Like that's what that like toy maker makes for him when he. Oh right. Yeah, every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, I can, really really beef, I can really do with some beef teriyaki. And... But, you, but you've had teriyaki before, Paul, right? I'm sure I probably have, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You would remember if you'd had teriyaki before. It's like the food of the gods, sir. It's the boy. It's the absolute... It's the boy. Yeah, it is. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's once delicious. you've had teriyaki, will... it's just like, what is everything else? <laughs> well, if nothing else... I had else... that effect when I had your wings, to be fair, Joe. <laughs> I, I mean, teriyaki, I, I make some pretty good teriyaki in this house, too. Like, okay. My I'll definitely girl, try that. Yeah. My little girl doesn't know what to call it. So we've gone to Yo Sushi before, and she's had the teriyaki. And it was really funny because I had the chicken teriyaki. So then my daughter just kind of, like, appropriated my plate. And then I'm just sitting here like, okay, fine. At least you're eating. So I learned to make teriyaki at home, but she can't really say teriyaki so she says daddy can we have brown sushi chicken oh brown sushi chicken <laughs> i know but nice. it's, so, oh, it's so sweet but teriyaki mm. is amazing and mm. it's so good and it's very so good. easy to make very easy to make it's, yeah. it's great stuff yeah well, Alex, digress, you have to watch, as usual. yeah you have to watch godzilla's revenge now and tell me, eating tell me what you think while eating teriyaki, yeah. We'll, have to, gonna want it. we'll have to like dredge up whether or not you can get it like on the dub on Amazon because the dub is just so much worse, which is honestly, <laughs> if you're just going to go and watch this film, you might as well see the worst version because, it, I mean, mm. you're in for it as it is. Well, okay. Um, so, Alex, what have Kaiju been up to? Actually, quite a lot. Um, I've... Oh. I know, right? Yeah, I have gone through, I guess, like a spurge of watching um, horror kaiju movies. And mm-hmm. I started off with your recommendation. It follows. Oh, sorry. Uh, you know what? I'm done here. <laughs> <laughs> I watched uh, Sea Fever as recommended by you. Ah, yes. Did you like it? I really, really liked it. I oh, thought good. it was a damn good movie. But I'm going to have I, to watch this now. I wanted to ask the question. It's tricky with uh, Joe not seeing it. Is it a kaiju movie? Well, that's... Because, because well, Deep Rising is. And you said that it was kind of along the same vein as Deep Rising. Is Deep Rising the... Um, that's one of the big worms underwater, isn't it? That's, that's more of a kaiju film. So, like, basically, like, the worms that are, like, infesting the ship like you think that they're separate entities, but then you find out they're just the tentacles of like this giant octopus yeah. sort of thing. Okay, the yeah, there's there is so this yeah, giant... it is totally like a one giant, right? Okay, big yeah. mama type thing. But, but Deep Rising yeah. is more obviously a kaiju movie than in that kind of yeah line. So without giving away any spoilers, uh, this film Sea Fever it came out in 2019 and it is filmed in Western Ireland. So it was refreshing to see an Irish kaiju movie. Um, grabbers. Yeah, I know. I did think of grabbers. grabbers. Yeah. Uh, okay, so a an Irish 
serious kaiju movie directed by Nessa Hardiman, who did a couple of episodes of Jessica Jones. It's a brilliant Irish name, by the way. What? Nessa Hardiman? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably butchering the name. Apologies if I am, but N-E-A-S-A. I thought that would be Nessa. I'll go with it. Sure. Yeah. I don't have anything else to Excellent. say. So, so I mean, we, we three have pretty generic names. So, I mean, yeah. like, we do, yeah. We've so, never had to try our whole lives. The premise of Sea Fever is that this kind of fishing boat is out in the sea. And they're very kind Where of. you'd find a boat, to be fair. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. And <laughs> they are immediately suspicious because. A scientist who kind of comes on board to do a study. Those scientists. Those pesky yeah. scientists. Well, she's got the audacity. What to have they been up to this time? Well, I'm glad that you asked Paul because she's got the audacity to have. I'm men. Joe. <laughs> what, what are you going on about? What did I say? Paul, I feel hurt now. Good grief! Wow, I am oh, tired. No, I feel hurt. Yeah, we'll <laughs> edit that out. How many out. of those lemonades have you had? Just the one. We'll edit that out. I'm glad that you asked that, Joe, because she has the audacity to have red hair. And they're immediately yeah. like, well, she's on board and she's got red hair. Shit's going to go down. <laughs> and they're, they're mean, like, well, they're like cover your hair, aren't they? Aren't they, Paul? Yeah, they, yeah, they are. I mean, it's, it's red like, hair is can, beautiful. Can, so she's a female red-haired scientist? Uh, she's, yeah. She's fancy. Oh, dream girl. Come on. Oh, she, she's... Yeah, she's a babe, but it all goes a bit wrong, and these things kind of really, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it goes so wrong. It goes really wrong, and again, like I don't want to give away any points, but it's interesting because the kaiju does not feature visibly much in the film, which adds to the tension of it, and I like that. There are oh, some cool. gnarly moments, aren't there, Paul? There are. That's it. It's, and they um... caught, they caught me out. <laughs> Because I was expecting just sort of like a creature to jump at people. It's not that kind of film. It's not, no. It's a very suspenseful film. It's almost mm. like, more like, I suppose, 10 Cloverfield Lane, isn't it? Where there's yeah. real human tense interaction going on amongst a kaiju being outside, effectively. Yeah. And the front cover of the, of the Blu-ray that I got, as you said, Paul, don't be misled by it because the cover art's a bit generic and boring. Yes. And the tagline that was kind of sold as was the abyss meets the thing and i'm like ah um okay i'll give it a go and it's not like the abyss meets the thing at all (laughs) it's got elements of the thing but then a lot of horror movies do because abyss meets the thing would be leviathan either one of you seen that oh that rings a bell it was on netflix it really is abyss meets the thing i mean like was it a good film Oh, that's some well, great special effects, though. Okay, well, cool. um, yeah, I watched Sea Fever, and it was excellent, so do check that out. Then, with all the excitement of the Blu-ray Steelbook release of Dog Soldiers getting announced, I, mean, I, I think I retweeted the artwork for that. It looks pretty fantastic. I then thought, you know what? I need to watch other Neil Marshall films. And my partner, Julia, said to me, have you seen The Descent? And I Ooh, said... good choice. No, I have not seen The Descent. She said, do you like wholesome films? And I said, I do like wholesome <laughs> films. She said, well, th- that's not a wholesome film. Um, 
it, it, it goes wrong. It goes very, very wrong. And I've, I've learned from Julia now that when she says to me, it's gone horribly wrong, she's usually using that as a euphemism. And yeah, it really does go very, very, very wrong. It's a very gnarly film, and I'd never seen it until literally last night. And it's really good. Thoroughly enjoyed it, but I, I, I've seen, I mean, that's 2005, so I've watched that, you know, 15 years after the rest of Western Civilization. Have you seen it, Joe? Oh, Joe has not oh, seen yeah. it. I've no. got it on DVD, but I've watched it so, when it released. So Dog Soldiers, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so I have seen, what is it? Uh, Death, Love, and Robots on Netflix? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. They've got kind of a Dog Soldiers episode there, as I understand it, because, I mean, werewolves and soldiers, right? Mm. Yeah. Have yeah. you guys seen that episode? Okay. I have not, no. no. Have you watched any of Death, Love, and Robots? I have not. Oh, you need uh, to watch that. Yeah, um, it's fantastic. Really, um, Alex, like it will control your life for like a day. You okay, will binge I'm, that. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready, folks. If there is a binge-worthy show on Netflix, it is Death Love and Robots. However, mm. you cannot watch it with small children. I will say no. that. And I think it's worth adding that The Descent is most definitely not a film that you can watch with children. Sea Fever would be a rated R, fifteen certificate. And similarly, The Descent is a radar, but it's an 18 certificate over here. The premise of the film, tragedy for the main character. And then she kind of fast forwards to a year later, is dealing with her grief. Am I selling this correctly, Paul? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been so long since I've seen it. I'm getting I've so seen, mixed I've up seen with that. You're good. Oh, yeah. yeah. So she's dealing with her grief. And then she goes caving with five of her friends. And it was refreshing to see an all-female cast where they were all really badass. I thought the characters were, you know, believable. They know what they're doing. They, they do. know what they're doing. They In their hobby, characters. where they go caving, you kind of have to be a little bit of a badass. And every single one of those characters is credible, mature, and responsible in their hobby. It wasn't like there was a drunk one or a flighty no, no. one or no. a goofball or anything. They are all on the ball and they are all responsible and they are all aware of the dangers when they go in. So, yeah, it was a really interesting movie. And I think that's what made it so scary because every single one of these people, it isn't like when you watch a horror movie, it's like, oh, no, don't go running through the woods at night. Or, no, don't split up and look for so-and-so. It wasn't one of those things. No, it wasn't. Not at all. All the decisions were credible, well done, believable, and they were what you would do. So you're actually sitting in this movie watching these poor women go through this ordeal, Mm. and every single decision they make, you can't fault it. Because at the end of the day they're making the right decisions and that's what makes it so scary. Like, wow, that's the exact same I would have done. Uh, yeah. Looks like I would have died. Exactly. Or something enough. like that, you know? Well, having introduced the episode and gone through what we've all been up to, let's take our first break. And when we return, we'll witter on about what's been going on in the news. 
When it comes to working at GEICO, our best advocates are our employees, like Maxine. But since she is so focused on growing her career, we hired an actor to read her story. At GEICO, I love mentoring the new associates to help them make this a career and not just a job. And with new opportunities and job stability, GEICO has been helping people grow their careers for over 75 years. The only downside, she still hasn't met the gecko. Where are you, fella? Ready to start your career, Kansas City? We're hiring claim sales and service agents. Apply online today at geico.job slash Kansas City. Amazon Prime members get free two-hour grocery delivery. That means no masks, no lines, no pants, no makeup, no traffic jam. No, where do I park? No, where did I park? No random guy blocking the aisle. No, did you drop your shoe in the store again? No, Yeah, that's exactly what it means. Free two-hour grocery delivery. Now with Prime. Welcome back to Kaiju Curry House. My name is Alex. I'm joined by Paul and Joe. We've been catching up on this episode and we've been speaking all about what's current in the news of the Kaiju world. Paul, start us off. Well, what things can we look forward to? We can look forward to Tremor 7, can't we? Oh, hell yeah. Island. Oh, oh cool. yeah. Hell yeah. Those shriekers, man. I mean, how do we get islands. so many shriekers on an island? I mean, like, where is this island? Well, Joe, funny you should ask, because um, it's actually, there's a wealthy group of... Um... It's not in the UK, is it, right? Because we're an island. <laughs> no, no, I'm afraid. I'm afraid it's oh. not here. It's, King Arthur it's versus Trevor. Some... King Arthur versus Grand <laughs> would have been amazing. I mean, we could have done it, but no. We could still make it Scotland, happen. Scotland, the the monster. No, Joe, Joe, no, no. This is going to be on a tropical island. It's going to be nice. There's going to be waterfalls. There's going to be nice green trees, and there's going to be graboids, and there's going to be shriekers. And I don't know if there's going to be ice blasters, but it's all about some wealthy trophy hunters well, where, trying where, to where hunt there's those shriekers, graboids. Paul, there's ass blasters. They're not well. Is that, I mean, there wasn't in Tremors too, but hey. Anyway, what I found out, which was something I didn't know, I thought it was just about them hunting graboids, just like the rich somehow got hold of the eggs and they were hunting them. But they actually go to another island, not where the hunting's taking place. It's a research facility. So there must be some graboid... Those scientists. They are. They must be experimenting on graboids. it's always those scientists. So we're going to have some genetically modified shriekers, I guess. And I was watching the trailer, and they do look slightly different. They had their backs look armored, like armor plated, like spiked, which is pretty cool. And I know when um, we mentioned the movie poster, Alex, you said about an aqua shrieker because in the background it looks like it's a giant shrieker just like coming out of the water because they're running on a dock. So right. are we going to see? Are we going to see swimming shriekers? Who knows. Like I'm, I'm, I'm no excited. In, in you look excited. I'm generally excited for this, but um, rather disappointingly, I found out it's not coming out to the 16th of November here, or at least that's oh. what Amazon's saying. I have to ask, who will you watch it with when you get that copy? Oh, by myself. Because don't, <laughs> you, don't you have a friend who you watch kind of bad movies with? Or but this isn't a bad movie, sorry. <laughs> no, I have a friend who I watch horror films with, um, yeah. good and bad, but I don't, Tremors isn't really horror in any yeah. way. Okay, <laughs> so, so it's specifically horrors that you it's watch. It's specifically horror, yeah. We watch like Scream, Halloween, that 
type of thing yeah, yeah. rather than rather than like um, yeah standard kind of like slasher horrors yeah yeah that's it fair so play. yeah so i will be watching tremors by myself um i just don't know when now because i mean could sure it's coming out the same night we could get a copy of it each of us and then kind of like just remotely have a watch party <laughs> i don't you you know this still it's like i don't i don't want to put you through you don't want no to no no I'm, I'm i'm ready i mean Anything to kind of put off watching Shark Octopus, which you got me a copy of. I have seen Shark Octopus. It is so good. good. Yes, I'm going to give a call out to uh. my pal John, who refused to watch Shark Octopus, saying it looked silly. However, it is a brilliant film, and John, this is your pal Joe saying, "Yes, you should watch Shark Octopus. You watched Carnosaur with me. You need to watch Shark Octopus. You watched." <laughs> Humanoids from the Deep with me, you need to watch Sharktopus. Sharktopus, Sharktopus, Sharktopus. Get your wife to watch it with you. It is awesome. It's based oh, on a true story, anyways, isn't it? Anyways, watch it. Oh, yeah, it is based <laughs> yeah, on a true story. Yeah. yeah, it's based on a true story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good, good. good. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, it's based on a true one. I, That's enough of Tremors. Indeed. I've taken more of an active interest in various distributors after we had our video on, and I've been looking at what kind of older Japanese animation and Japanese kind of kaiju horror stuff that we can look forward to things that I found out about there's the Shira Honda double feature which is the H-Man and Battle in Outer Space which are 58 and 59 respectively and if you buy a copy of that and a copy of the original Mothra which is Joe's favourite film, then the price <coughs> reduces to £50 for the two of them. So you save £2 on each of the, the DVDs, sorry, Blu-ray. So that looked quite good. That does sound good. And I'll just mention that Mothra is limited to, I believe, 3,000 copies. Is it? So, and it does come with a 60-page booklet. Oh, could be sure if I missed that one. I think there's, there's more to this than you're letting on, Joe. Did someone hurt you with this film? I have been a victim of moth attack. Thank you. I was changing a light bulb mm -hmm. and it just came for me. My life, the best of us. My life flashed before my eyes. I, I, I was there. I was on a ladder. I, I, I took a swing at the oncoming vermin and I mean, I was hurt. There's several months of recovery that I had to and every time I've seen them off since, I just, just go back to that moment. It's terrible. Well, thank you for winging that for us. That was... <laughs> that was a terrible oh. pun. Oh, my God. <laughs> Way to just lower it, Alex. <laughs> I'm going to read the blurb for The H-Man and uh, Battling Out of Space. Right. Here we go. In Tokyo, a mysterious radioactive liquid is dissolving people into slimy, sentient, seemingly indestructible blobs of destruction. Part Japanese gangster noir, part gooey, body-melting horror. The H-Man is one of the most unique sci-fi films of the 1950s. And the other film on the box... Joe, it kind of sounds like the blob, to be fair. I'm going to have to work to. I'm going to, have to work hard to win Joe over here, aren't I? And the second film, a series of mysterious catastrophes sweep the globe, causing the world scientists to conclude that being from another planet, 
are attacking Earth, and the world must unite to defend itself in a gigantic battle in outer space with wonderful special effects sequences from Heiji Tsuburaya, who's a Godzilla and Ultraman, and a rousing score by Akira Ibukube, Godzilla. Battling out of space is a glorious sci-fi extravaganza. So that wouldn't be a kaiju film per se, but it kind of like falls into the realm of practical special effects. Uh, Sounds like Independence Day too. You're, you're in a funny mood today, Joe. Are any, are any of these films tickling your pickle, Joe? Well, Alex, I'm glad you asked about my pickle. Um, I can't say that they honestly are. No, you, you, you're not. Paul? Paul? It's not something that I'm going to rush out and buy, but if it was on, I would watch it. So okay. if this comes to streaming platforms, I would check them out. Yeah. Not fair enough. But yeah, I'm um, certainly not, not going to part with my cash for those. It's not nope. sank. Not, okay. not when Tremors is coming out. Tough crowd. Wow. Um, and on Arrow Video, do you remember, Joe, when they were talking about a release of the film Warning from Space by yes, Dai? Yeah. So Warning from Space, and let's get the date for that film. That's coming out on the 12th of October. I'll get a description. The first Japanese science fiction film to be made in colour, Warning from Space, features eye-popping special effects from the same team, Adai Studios, that would bring Gamera to life a decade later. So this is a whole decade before Gamera. As Japan is rocked by mysterious sightings of UFOs over Tokyo and large one-eyed aliens attempting to contact scientists, collaborate to investigate the unexpected rise in extraterrestrial activity. Unbeknownst to them, one of the aliens has already assumed human form and is about to deliver a very important message that could be humanity's last hope for survival. And that is warning from space. You can pick up a copy of that on pre-order and it'll only cost you £18. There you go. Paul, any kind of interest there? I can't say there is, to be honest, no. Sorry. Joe, how about you? Will you be picking it up? It kind of sounds like the day the Earth stood still. Okay. The remake? No. Keanu Reeves? We love Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves is a wonderful, decent human being. And Bill and Ted, oh my gosh, I have been talking with all sorts of folks about that lately. But the day the Earth stood still is like the preeminent warning from space movie. 1951 check it out 2008 keanu reeves also a good shout but oh. gort i think is a little bit is his name gort is his name? i don't want to call him Groot because i know that's wrong it's not it's not Groot. well you guys I are an exceptionally tough crowd i'm going to interrupt you there with one more film hoping that um i win you over this with this one right here we go this is quite on and it was released in 1964 the blurb is winner of the special jury prize at Cannes. Quidon features four nightmarish tales adapted from Lafcadio Hearn's classic Japanese ghost stories about mortals caught up in forces beyond their comprehension when the supernatural world intervenes in their lives. The stories are The Black Hair, The Woman of the Snow, Hoichi the Earless. That's a catchy name, isn't it? Hoichi the Earless. And in a cup of tea, 
breathtakingly photographed entirely on hand-painted sets. The film is an abstract wash of luminescent colours from another world. The Master of Cinema series is proud to present this complete 183-minute original Japanese cut of Mizaki Kobayashi's masterpiece on Blu-ray for the first time in the UK. Paul, when you watch a horror film with your friend, make it quiet on this winter. Thank you. Well, that tickled my pickle. Did it? That was a fantastic delivery. Until you said the runtime, which is quite um, off-putting. 183 minutes. But, but there's, four, there's four stories. It's four. Which is fine. But... Yeah, you break those bad boys down. I'd much rather watch something like um, Trick or Treat, which is, what, an hour and a half, and contains, say, four or five different stories. I like the short story anthology rather than that that sounds like it's almost three films just back to back what do you guys want tonight seriously <laughs> nothing <laughs> nothing is i'm is... just giving my opinion that's what i'm here for i'll tell you how about conga tnt does that tickle your pickle conga tnt conga tnt srs cinema is going to release conga tnt and it's got um artwork by matt frank all right yeah so it looks, if you check out the trailer, it looks absolutely dreadful. It's just like the lowest budget King Kong attacking a city film there is. But hey, it's, there's obviously a market for it. And yeah. Matt's involved, so there seems to be quite a bit of interest on Twitter for it. That, that's oh, cool. because there's always interest in Matt Frank. There is. There always Matt's is, yeah. cool, dude. Good artist. Like Matt. Yeah, yeah. Yep. absolutely. <laughs> you know what I've got a hankering for? I haven't seen it in a while. I gotta track down the uh, nineteen. I think it's nineteen ninety-eight. Mighty Joe Young. Oh yeah, I saw that. You know, in cinema. You yeah, yeah, I did too. I it's got Bill it. Paxton in it. It was really good. Rick Baker did the special effects. Stan Winston did the gorilla. You know, it's it's got a lot of solid things going for it. But I haven't honestly seen it in years and years. It's got to be twenty years since I I've seen that. I think film. I saw it when it came out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, but it's been like twenty years for me, and I'd really like to see it again because. Mm-hmm. I do remember it being a decent film. I was kind of angry that like somehow Kong had to steal a bit of Godzilla's thunder back in the day, even though now it's been retconned to Zilla. But, you know, I did Joe Young. I kind of have a hankering to see so were, that. Were they the same year? Yeah, I think that Mighty Joe Young came out Christmas that year oh. and Godzilla came out June, May, somewhere in there. I think it was like a Labor Day thing. Which do you think is the better film? Hot take, I'm going to say Mighty Joe Young. Mighty Joe Young had amazing practical effects. It had Bill Paxton. Um, it had a lot going for it. I mean, it was just a really wholesome film, all things considered. Godzilla 1998, there is a lot of uh, hate for that film and a lot of you know memes thrown its way. But what I will say is if you took the name off and you didn't call it Godzilla, it's a fun film. I think there, I, I, like I said, I haven't seen Mighty Joe Young in 20 years. So I gotta, wow, I'm really showing my age, man. That's terrible. But um, I really, yeah, but uh, I gotta, I can't really weigh it out, but I gotta see Mighty Joe Young. I'll, I'll try and do that before the next podcast. And then I'll answer you because I haven't okay. seen that one in so long. I don't want to, I don't want to just say Godzilla because that's the, you know, kaiju thing to say, but the other one had a lot of effort, obviously, put into it. So I just kind of want to give it that extra chance again. Hmm. Fair enough. 
Paul, when you're looking for a monster movie, be it horror or straight up kaiju, what is it you look for? If I was going to kind of like pick you, you know, a film for like oh. a random date that you celebrate when you were born, what, what kind <laughs> of thing makes you go, that's a good film? Because I honestly thought that you would have, you would have uh, taken the bait with the H-Man. That, that struck me as you know, like sort of a gooey monster kind of movie, but you just, no. Why wouldn't you just well, watch I, The Blob? Yeah, so I, I, I like The Blob. Both versions. Second what's the, one, what, What's the 80s one like? Oh my lord, you haven't seen the 80s Blob. Is it good? It's, it's basically a remake of the original. Mm. And the thing about the 80s version is you actually see the people's flesh dissolving away in the blob. It mm. is harrowing to watch. I'd say the gore factor is somewhere near that of the thing. Yeah. And it's just like they, they, they took the blob, which, you know, in the 1950s, it was kind of a creepy thing. Like, how do you stop it? Blah, blah, blah. And it has that classic finish where it just shows them dumping it into like an ice field in the Arctic or Antarctic. I kind of forget where. So that, you know, like you can't move because the cold stops it. And then they just put a big question mark, the end. And that was really great. So the remake they upped the creepy factor. So the blob, it, it, it kind of has this thing where it's just like, Ooh, oh, the blob, you know, people weren't impressed with it. But when you suddenly see it start dissolving people away, it's just like, oh crap, this thing's coming after folks. And because it has no actual shape, it goes into gutters, it goes through pipes, like it goes underneath doors. Like it's really hard to hide from it. And it does actively seek out living tissue. So it's a really creepy film and they do manage to stop it, but they give it yet another, here we go again ending only this time. It's perhaps even more um, unpleasant because they have this, a person who I'm trying to say this in the right way, but he's waiting for the end, the end of the world. He's a preacher. He's waiting for revelations. He's waiting for a sign from a higher power to release this little blob or little piece of the blob that he's been keeping in a jar. So they stop the main bit. They think that they have it, but this guy has it. And he's, I mean, like all through the film, he's been kind of an unstable individual. So this guy has a bit of the, of this blob that he's just waiting for the right sign to release it again, wherever it may cause the most mischief. So it's quite a crazy film. It's got some really decent jump scares. It's got a few gags, but on the whole, it is creepy. It's a skin crawling film. And I remember, I think it was probably prior to 2010, they did a re-release of it in the United States. And the, the cover was actually one of the scenes where one of the people's being dissolved in it. So you actually see that incredibly gory, well-done special effect on the cover. And I think it was just so off-putting that I didn't buy it. Mm. But when I look back on it now, I'm just like, that's, that's a film that I kind of want for my collection here. Because Is that the pink front cover? Yeah, yeah. It's not pink in the film. I think the pink was kind of like an artistic license because as the blood is being drained out of the person, like you can see the blood like 
mm. moving into the blob as it gets bigger, wow. as it absorbs this person. And I remember at one point it's a movie theater. And the thing is, is like everybody in the movie theater is quiet and the blobs just like going row by row, absorbing these people. Mm. And it's just like, you get to the front and like people are turning around like, Holy crap. And you see like, these like this mass of like people twitching or you like mm. trying to get out of it as they're being dissolved away and everything. Yeah. The, the blob, if, if you think that it sounds like a funny or goofy movie, it, I mean, it's iconic. It's iconic for a reason. It has mm. some really creepy moments. Really I think I might give it a shot. Yeah. Right. Let's Go take ahead. our second break. When we get back, Paul, you're going to answer my question. <laughs> okay. What do millions of Americans and three former U.S. presidents have in common? They all agree that Bolin Branch sheets are the softest, most comfortable sheets in the world. Bolin Branch cotton is rain-fed, pesticide-free, and carries the highest organic certification. That's why it's so soft. Bolin Branch sheets start at just $160. They're $1,000 quality for a fraction of the price. Plus, you can sleep on them for a month, risk-free. That's B-O-L-L and Branch.com. Restrictions may apply. See BolinBranch.com for details. Amazon Prime members get free two-hour grocery delivery. That means no masks, no lines, no pants, no makeup, no traffic jam, no where do I park, no where did I park, no random guy blocking the aisle, no did you drop your shoe in the store again, no yeah that's exactly what it means. Free two-hour grocery delivery. Now with Prime. Hello and welcome back to the third and final part of Kaiju Curry House. Uh, we've talked what we've been up to, we've been talking what's been going on lately, and Alex wants to know what I'd like in a monster film. Alex, to answer your question, I pretty much like anything, to be honest. There's no nothing off limits. Um, I think other, th- other than the four films that I listed and you said, ah, oh, no. I said I wouldn't rush out to buy them, but I said I would happily watch them. Uh, okay, so, so yeah, so, so yeah, so it's not a case of I don't want to watch them. It's I don't really want to add them to my collection, and you know, unless I, if I see them, fall in love with them, sure, I'll go buy them. It's yeah. things like Tremors and Godzilla. I'm going for because I think there's a nostalgia attached to them, and you know, I. So not only do I want to watch it because I think it's got a cool creature in it, there's the nostalgia attached that I loved it growing up. So. Yeah, that's why I rushed out to go see a new Godzilla film. That's why I'm keen to watch the latest Tremors. It may be good, it may be bad, but I'm excited for it. You're invested in the series and they're a known quantity to you. That's it, yeah. It's a, it's a comfort thing, I, yeah, I reckon. It's like, oh, well, another Tremors. I'll give that a watch. Just kind of going with a trend here, because I think we've been talking quite a lot about, about uh, monster horror movies tonight, mm. with um, Sea Fever mentioned The Descent. Joe's kind of raved about The Blob, which I'm now going to have to check out. What kaiju horrors do you really highly rate, Paul? Not for kind of like a guilty pleasure watch necessarily, but like one that's really just bloody good. I might have to think on this one. That's a good question. Because the the first first one that comes to mind is probably the thing, because it is so horrific and tense. But I yeah, I'm just trying to think because when I think whenever I hear the word kaiju, I do think monster and the monster films don't tend to be that scary most of the time. So let me let me have a think on that one, yeah, if you fair don't enough. mind. No, uh, it's okay. maybe, maybe next next episode. Yeah. Um Joe, what other monster horror films do you rate highly? 
So are we looking to like scare someone's socks off? Are we looking iconic? Are we looking for niche? Like, we're looking for uh, scary. I, I, I think scary, g- given that like the descent, I think we can accept it's quite a frightening film. It's tense. And from what you said about the blob, it's quite a frightening, you know, disconcerting film. Yeah, the, the blob will make your skin crawl kind of along the same lines that like the thing will. Um, right. I mean, there's a lot of like the, <laughs> and like there's just one thing. Mm. Um, movies that like unsettled me that have like a creature or a creature feature film that, you know, like it just had its moments. So again, I, I'll throw out American Werewolf in London. Um, it has its moments where it's fun or it's cool or whatever, but if you're watching it, and it has its creepy moments. That's cool. It isn't necessarily horrifying. I will throw out a classic. It may not necessarily be a kaiju, but it definitely has a strange beast in it. Alien. Um, the original Alien by Ridley Scott. That That is a scary movie, and it just escalates. It starts slowly, and it escalates. Um, I already mentioned the thing in the blob. The host has some creepy moments in it. If you're a father, it certainly has, you know, like it's shared sad moments that you're just like, oh, no, no. Um, what other creepy films are out there? Yeah, see, I think the problem is with a lot of the, the kaiju fandom that we're used to, the creatures are big. Mm. And I think it's scary when you can relate to it. And I'm... Yeah, I'm not going to believe that there's going to be a giant monster. I'm more likely to believe there's a monster under my bed. That type of horror would scare yeah. me more. Like um, I was afraid of um, the film Cat's Eyes as a child, which is a mm. Stephen King horror, um, where there's a little creature, troll in the walls, mm. burns his way through and sucks out the life of children. That scared me. I have not seen The Babadook. Is that worth a look? Ah, that's quite a good horror film, yeah. I know that it's sort of shifting away it's got, from kaiju, but it's most definitely kind of... It's got some unsettling scenes in it, definitely. Yeah. And again, it's got yeah. you know, it's, it's a kid, and a, yeah, it's, it's good. Mm. Yeah. There are lots of creature features that, like, err on the side of creepy, but I think those ones that I've just mentioned, like, if, if you haven't seen any of those, you certainly aren't being steered wrong. Mm. Um Again, if you're looking, okay, so like, again, you just mentioned that you went off the rails a little bit with the Babadook, so I'm going to throw one out. The Fly, the Jeff Goldblum, The Fly. Yeah, yeah, fantastic film. That's an iconic use of practical effects. It's disturbing. Mm. The acting is all great in it. It's minimalist in what it is. Yes. But it's terrifying, and it's sad, too. It is sad. And there's there's a couple of moments that I'd forgotten are really quite sinister. Uh, I'd forgotten the whole thing with the vomit. I don't know how I'd forgotten that, but maybe I'd kind of purged it from my memory for <laughs> yeah, safety. But I watched it, I was like, oh, there's nothing left to the imagination. I mean, he goes for it, doesn't he? Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. But at the end of the, at the, end of the day, that's, that's a story that's sad more mm. than anything else because it starts out with someone who has, like, they're on top of the world and they're so hopeful. But one careless mistake takes them down a bad path. Mm. Um the 1970s remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I think the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers can't be improved upon, to be perfectly honest. Or wait, no. Or when I say original one, I'm, I'm thinking like uh, the one with Donald Sutherland. No, that one, yeah. That one. Okay. Donald Sutherland, okay, Jeff that, 
one. Yeah, and uh, Lennon. Oh, I'm sorry for purists then, because that was the original one that I saw. <laughs> no, the one with Donald Sutherland. That can't be improved upon. Yeah, no, I think I think it's an absolute uh, work of art. The film. So um, that was a remake of the '50s one, I believe. And there's a really cool moment in the Donald Sutherland film, because when his character is driving through the town. And there's an elderly bloke who's kind of running past saying, they're coming, they're coming, you know, and ah, you have to get out of here as quick as you can. That actor was in the first, the original. Um, oh, really? Original I love when they do things like that. Yeah. That's really good. Mm. You know, like the one person that knows. Yeah. Can I um, steer the conversation to something a bit less serious and go? No. Okay. <laughs> go, on, go on, go on. No. Um, so friend of the group. Tom Tyler sent in a question for us. Good grief. Which Someone, yeah. lis- someone asks us questions. Someone actually listens. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, oh. listeners. We do have please, listeners tweet. to anybody yeah. who's listening to this. You aren't alone. And feel free to, to quiz us on whatever Thank you. you like. Thank you, Tom. So, so his question is, as, as diehard kaiju fans, um, how do you feel about the latest Godzilla King of the Monsters film? And also opinions on Godzilla versus Kong, the new 2020 film coming out. Is it all getting a little silly nowadays? Ooh. So, Tom, straight away, if you want to hear our thoughts on Godzilla King Monsters, uh, check out episode nine, the one where Alex gets salty. Um, in a nutshell, he did. It's, he did. it's a good fun film, but it's not going to win the Oscars, and that's fine. Um, I don't think we can really comment on Godzilla versus Kong because it was meant to be out what March this year. And then November, and is now not yet until 2021 at this point. I think there still hasn't even been a trailer. The interesting to watch with that is how wound up people have got over speculating who's going to (laughs) win. And I almost want Kong to win now, just for how cross people are going to be about it. No, they're going to join forces. It's of course they are. They're going to join versus Superman all over again. We know it. And that wasn't a great film. And they'll just say Mothra rather than Martha, and that's it. I thought that was okay, Tom. If you watch Batman vs. Superman, the actual like director's cut, there's a lot more in that film that makes sense. There are lots of little t- tidbits that are missed in the theatrical edition. Like Again, one of the things, I think I've mentioned this before in the podcast because I am a DC fan, but one of the things that I really love about the Snyderverse, I guess you could say, yeah. is that uh, Lois Lane is an actual awesome reporter and her sleuthing skills are incredible. So one of the things that I really enjoyed about the director's cut of Batman versus Superman is she goes to the home of that fella that uh, was disabled when Superman had his original battle in Metropolis in the first Man of Steel movie. Mm. So she goes to his house after um, the bomb under his wheelchair has gone off in Congress or what have you. And she goes to his home and she looks in his fridge and there's a whole bunch of fresh food that wouldn't have gone out of date. And she immediately clicks like, why would he buy food if he knew he was going to die? Like, why would he buy all this food? Yeah. He didn't know he was going to die. He did not do that on purpose. Something was staged. Immediately, your cogs start ticking. And they're just really neat things like that. They took out of the, the theatrical edition that I feel like really made that movie make a lot more sense. There are just like little nods and things that like just show that like 
Batman's just becoming more and more unease, uneasy with Superman being around and blah, 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 these things that Luthor's been planting around. You got to watch the director's cut of that film because whoever was in charge of making the theatrical edition really didn't do it justice by cutting those things out. They just decided to make it slugfest between those two, which yeah. we always knew that they were going to come to blows. But at the same time, it's just like, let's make it a little bit more believable. And I think Snyder really tried to do that. This is, again, probably one of the reasons why we're having a Snyder cut of Justice League coming out on HBO, because he had a vision for it, and I think people just kept on messing with it. So, there we go. Yeah. Well, I think think the most interesting part of Tom's question is, is it all getting a bit silly nowadays? Because for us, where we've grown up with Godzilla, and he's already fought Kong, and we've seen, well, most of us have seen Godzilla's Revenge, yeah, it's all stupid. But to people who have only seen the American films, so Tri-Stars and then Godzilla, Pacific Rim, is it now going to get a bit silly for the, for the mainstream audience? I think there's no such thing as bad press. And if people are getting this worked up about who wins, hopefully that will have more people going in to see you know, like the battle so that it won't be spoiled for them. So I think that in the long term, like maybe perhaps like COVID did the film a little bit of a favor by delaying it because people are getting more, pardon me, more and more worked up waiting to see, you know, anything that they can do there. And you'll have more okay. people going to the cinema quickly to see that so that it won't be spoiled so that they'll see it and then, and they'll know who's going to win. Hopefully, you know, like the film does well, but for me, as much as I love Kong, Godzilla tanked the Castle Bravo nuclear experiment. I mean, if Tom, if Kong's going to punch him, he hasn't. He he can't generate that same amount of force in his big old gorilla fists. He can't do that, let alone the heat. So, I, I'm really curious because I've seen some of those toys that have been coming out. Spoilers, folks, for anybody who wants to listen to this. But the one where he holds that axe that looks like it's made from one of Godzilla's spikes on his back. You know, like, that's fair shout. You know, Kong is a thinking animal, and he could do stuff like that. But, again, it just comes down to the sheer amount of force that Godzilla has tanked before. Like, in King of the Monsters, he literally had a nuclear weapon go off in his face. Kong shouldn't be able to generate that amount of force just by punching. Well, so this is it. So is it getting too silly? Is, are the mainstream audience going to believe that King Kong could actually fight Godzilla? Do they even care? Are we going to have aliens in the next film? And would people then be thinking... Oh, well, we had aliens in the last film, to be fair, Paul. What, Ghidorah? Yeah. I suppose. It's just the first film with like Brian Cranston. It was just amazingly well done. It seemed... I cared about the, the humans in that... Well, at least him in that. And the story is probably... The second, let's say King of the Monsters was just a big fight, wasn't it? It was awesome. I have to, I have to say, which, is, which is fine. I'd forgotten how much I enjoyed the 2014 Godzilla film. And re-watching it recently, I was like, oh, this is really, really good. I, th- I think the Muto is a highly underrated as kaiju in the collector's kind of community. I think X plus take note. I think a couple of Mutos would be fantastic. No, 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 no. They need to do the Dorat first. Life-size Dorat. One of these days, Joe, it will come. It can't come soon enough. Okay. So not too silly. You're happy with it. 
you're looking forward to Godzilla vs. Kong? I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to it. it. Yeah. It'll be fun. I mean, I'm sure it'll be nods to the 1962 film. I mean, like, some berry juice goes a long way, you know? Just yeah. saying. But, uh, it'll be I just, fun. fun. It'll, it'll be big it'll screen be good entertainment. Fun. I think it'll be one that'll be good on the big screen with, you know, a, t- a tall a tall uh, Coke and some popcorn and just yeah. switch, switch my brain off to. I don't need to kind of over-dissect how good it's going to be. I think it'll just be good fun. I think that's the audience it's going for now, isn't it? They're just going for... Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a big budget action film. It's going to be fun. That's the thing. You go yeah. see movies to have fun. Most definitely. Well, the trailer... Let's say Godzilla, the first one, it was, it was advertised not as a... I would say it's a big budget popcorn action flick. It was more of a drama where this man was trying to find out what happened to his wife. And, you know, the trailer was cut, I'd say, differently. Amazingly. To, uh, that yeah, was trailer was so awesome. Like when you see him finally at the end, you're like, whoa, they're not going to 98 route. We actually got to see somebody there. <laughs> and then that roar that just went on for ages, like that was cool. So good. And then the Oppenheimer quote. Oh, yeah. So good. Love it. I think it's time for us to wrap up, gents, with our recommendations for the episode. What? Go on, then. Already? I know, right? Hmm. Starting off with Paul. May, right, okay. Um, so, while we're... Well, while I'm working at home, I've been listening to a lot more music to, to help you know pass the day. And um, a song by Bring Me the Horizon, uh, Parasite Eve came on. Absolutely great song, by the way. But Parasite Eve is the name of a game released back in the 90s on the PlayStation by Squaresoft. And it's like about a, I think it's like a virus that's kind of consuming things and mutating things. And there's a scene that I always remember uh, watching, and it's this rat that gets infected and it was done as a you know FMV, and it was so good for for the you know back in the day. Um, and you see it mutate like its um, face kind of peels off and splits apart, much like um, the dog in the thing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just really cool, you know. Check it out on YouTube. It's like Parasite Eve rat mutation. Uh, it happens with a dog later on, actually. But it just makes you thinking, what's like the best mutation you've seen in a film a game or comic it might be a, a topic it might be something that our listeners can you know let us know because there's so many cool mutations that, that we've seen in the thing and in like american werewolf in london mm. so or the howling or yeah and uh, yeah i'm just curious what um what people have got as their favorite mutation slash transformations in films. So your question to listeners is, what is your favourite mutation in a monster movie? Yeah. Nice. Joe? I'm going to start this by recommending the film, or I'm going to end this by by recommending the film that I mentioned at the start, which is Magic in the Water. Um, You can go on Amazon UK, I presume it's on other versions of Amazon, but Magic in the Water has a really wholesome story it's about a family coming together um it's got lovely practical effects it's got a fairly simple story a family can watch it it's got lake monster and it's got some fun magical elements to it that aren't uh 
necessarily believable, but they're very fun. So yeah, I mean, give it a shout. I mean, for the sake of three quid for our UK listeners, why not? Fair play. Well, much the same myself, Joe, I'm going to finish off with what I recommended at the start. And I absolutely encourage you to watch Sea Fever. Paul, you enjoyed it, didn't you? I did. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't know if I recommended it on the episode, but I definitely um, highly enjoyed it. You and... recommended it a couple of episodes ago. Oh, did I? Okay. You did. And you can get a copy of that for £7 on Amazon. Yeah. I watch it on Now TV if you have the subscription to that. Or, you know, take out a seven-day free trial, give it a go. Yep. There you go. Well, folks, that just about wraps it up. So, as always, we're going to end this with uh, thanks for listening and keep it kaiju. Thanks for joining us at the Curry House today. We hope we've given you enough kaiju goodness to last until next time. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Curry Kaiju. If you want to join us on Facebook, we're at UK Kaiju. And if you want to find out about other shows in the network, please visit heroespodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Godzilla versus Kong thing, by the way. I mean, I get what people are saying about the boobs. I totally get it. But at the same time, like 13-year-old me, I didn't even care about the boobs. The fart was the best part. <laughs> I'm just like, I have not matured one bit. I mean, like, I could care less about the woman in the bikini. The fart was what made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, yeah. Boobs are farts. Farts for me. Farts are amazing. Me, 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 me. But also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Here's three great reasons to get the new Samsung Galaxy S21 5G at T-Mobile. One, it's free for both current and new customers when you trade in an eligible device. Two, T-Mobile's the leader in 5G coverage. So three, you can unleash 5G speeds in more places with your new phone. Get the new Galaxy S21 free at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G coverage. Phone via 24 monthly bill credits plus tax. If you cancel credit, stop and balance on required finance agreement may be due. Contact us. Qualifying credit and consumer plan required. See details at T-Mobile.com.